Whether you host a nightly dinner party for two or five, keeping your eating and dining area clean helps keep your mind on the dinner party and not on the cleanup afterwards. Viva paper towels clean like cloth, trapping splatters and sauces that could become countertop stains or stuck on messes. And they're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. For an exceptional cloth-like paper towel, there's Viva. Visit vivatowels.com to soak up the clean feeling of home. And you're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. Hoping to convince you the reality is usually scoffed at, and conventional wisdom is often just an illusion. We're live on iHeartRadio, on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast directories. You can follow me on Twitter at right now, Jim Dawes. You can shoot me an email at rightnowjimdaws at gmail.com or you can call the vent line and get something off your chest at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. You know, there's some things you won't do for love, not even for love. And I love my listeners. I really do. I love speaking with you every day. I love uh, getting your feedback on social media, on Twitter, on email. I love hearing what you have to say. (laughs) But I don't love you enough to watch that Democrat National Convention last night. Oh, my God. You know, it's my job, I know, to to keep abreast of all of these things and report to you uh, to do deep analysis expose the the lies and the illusions but after watching that for uh, uh, well I got through Michelle Obama's um performance and it was a uh, a, a revolting performance but after that it got really weird I mean it was weird to begin with but it got really really weird after that and, uh, and I had to turn it off. I, I checked in this morning and, uh, and, you know, looked at the highlights. There are damn few highlights, by the way, although I did put together a lot of clips to bring you to just illustrate how weird it got. This was, uh, this was a weird, weird event. It felt like a, a, a small town public broadcasting fundraiser or some sort of telethon from, from a uh, a small organization, they had these taped speeches and these just very poorly produced uh, segments. That they would have a speech and then they'd have a break and then they'd put to, put on some uh, you know produced uh, little episode and and almost without fail, it was very amateurish. You know, I, I thought the Democrats were all tied into Hollywood. You wonder where were the Hollywood directors and producers? They had some actors on there spouting the same old gibberish. But the production values here, I've seen more exciting PowerPoint presentations. And it got so weird, you just can't imagine that somebody decided this this is the pitch that we ought to make to America, except for the fact that they're 
their base now is <laughs> weird to the point of mental illness. The GOP is going to have their uh, virtual convention next week, and you would hope that they would learn from the Democrats' failures. I know Trump is sort of a master at uh, television entertainment. I don't know how much time and effort he's going to have to to guide this convention, but it the the bar wasn't raised too high last night. They opened it up with a a, a pastor saying a prayer, which surprised the hell out of me. There was none of that at, at the 2016 presidential or uh, Democrat convention. They also played the national anthem. Very odd again. You do a little digging, though, and you find out that the pastor that said the invocation was a staunch supporter of Louis Farrakhan, who has uh, condemned anybody who supports border security to hell. There was a DNC producer that came on during the daytime portion of the program and said this. The videos and pictures you're about to see were recorded before COVID, which is why the kids are not social distancing. However, the audio was recorded over the past month. You may rise or kneel if you are able for your preference. So, Many so he's given you permission there to kneel during the national anthem. Again, it's probably, uh, you know, uh, a step forward at the 2016 national convention. They didn't have any American flags on stage. They, they banished any uniform police officers from the hall after it came out that, uh, you know, that they had taken the flags off the stage, they quickly put them back, but they certainly didn't open with the national anthem. And there were a goodly number of attendees that were kneeling, I would guess a majority. But, you know, he admits there that a lot of this production took place on videotape. So they had the opportunity for edits and multiple takes. And still, it was just depressing is what it was that uh, uh, one of the major parties in this uh, this nation has come to this at the same time this was going on and joe biden hiding out in his basement the president of the united states was out on the campaign trail he visited three states yesterday arizona minnesota and wisconsin and gave speeches at all of them and they were good speeches they were much more uh energetic and informative and dare i say entertaining than anything that the DNC was able to put on with months and months of preparation and production. Joe Biden hasn't been out of more than a hundred miles away from his home in months and months. Actually, he's only made any sort of trip in the last three months to Pennsylvania to try to shore up his bona fides as a, 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 uh, Scranton boy. Most of he's just been traveling to the local high school gymnasium and doing pretend events. So they opened, uh, after, you know, the, the invocation and the, the, uh, the national anthem with a tribute to George Floyd. 
given by his brothers. Now, I understand that his brothers loved George Floyd. But when the hell did we open a national convention with a tribute to a career criminal who, despite what you're being told, died of a drug overdose, had lethal levels of fentanyl in his system. Yes, Derek Chauvin should not have nailed on the back of his neck for so long. But that didn't kill him. He had a lethal dose of fentanyl in his system. He had already admitted to hooping it. If you don't know what hooping it is, you can look that up. It's not ingesting it through the normal means. It's ingesting it backwards, if you know what I mean. But uh, I'll play you a little bit of this tribute that George Floyd's brothers uh, gave to him. George was selfless. He always made sacrifices for his family, friends, and even complete strangers. George Floyd, career criminal, robbed a pregnant woman at gunpoint, broke into her house, ransacked it, spent five years in jail for that. Had a long, long rap sheet, but he was selfless. Family, friends, and even complete strangers. George had a given spirit, a spirit that has shown up on streets around our nation. <laughs> George's giving spirit wasn't very giving when he threatened a, a pregnant woman that she he would shoot her if she didn't tell him where her money was. But he had a giving spirit. I'm not going to play any more of that. I don't want to mock people's kin for for um, speaking well of them certainly had no place at the Democratic National Convention. But then, of course, we were treated to Michelle Obama. <laughs> you know, they keep telling me what a beautiful woman Michelle Obama is. She looks like the the creature from that movie Aliens. I shouldn't say that but I am. She does. And her face is pinched into this angry scowl. She opened up by, you know, trying to counter narrative, her image among people. I'm going to play you a little bit of a long clip and comment as it goes. A hard time and everyone's feeling it in different ways. And I know a lot of folks are reluctant to tune into a political convention right now or to politics in general. She was saying last week that uh, she's suffering from depression, a low-grade depression. Believe me, I get that. But I am here tonight because I love this country with all my heart. I love this country with all my heart, she says. Wasn't that long ago she was saying just the opposite. It's a- oh, where's my clip? Here we go. Let me tell you something. For the first time in my adult lifetime, I'm really proud of my country. And not just because Barack has done well, but because... For the first time in her lifetime in 2008, she was proud of her country. Because they elected Barack, the sainted one, president. Let's go back to her speech from the convention last night and it pains me to see so many people hurting unlike so many of you barack and i have tried our best to instill in our girls a strong moral foundation 
to carry forward the values that our parents and grandparents poured into us. But right now, kids in this country are seeing what happens when we stop requiring empathy of one another. Is she talking about the riots in the Democrat cities across this nation where they're dragging innocent people from their cars and beating them to a pulp in the streets, burning businesses down, murdering people, 25 at last count, destroying lives? Is that is that the empathy that she's talking about? They're looking around wondering if we've been lying to them this whole time yes, about have. who we are and what we truly value. Yes, you have. So let me be as honest and clear as I possibly can. Donald Trump is the wrong president for our country. He has had more than enough time to prove that he can do the job, but he is clearly in over his head. <laughs> this is uh, this is why I am so suspicious that uh, the the COVID pandemic hitting this country right at the time that this presidential election comes to power with a a nationalist president that's overturning the globalist order, exposing the corruption in Washington D.C., costing people who have been selling out this country for decades their vaunted places and their spot on the gravy train. Let's see what she says on this clip. See what happens when that lack of empathy is ginned up into outright disdain. They see our leaders labeling fellow citizens enemies of the state. You know how the Democrats can go up there and accuse the Republicans of lacking empathy and being hateful while their stormtroopers rage in American streets is pretty amazing. I guess they can do it by just, well, denying reality. Their, 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 their force at peaceful protesters. The vast majority of, of the protesters have been peaceful. And they're going and just pulling people off the street to make it seem like there are problems going on when all that's happening are peaceful protests. And our peaceful protesters' ability to get out at night. Most of these protests have been peaceful. I applaud these protesters. The majority of these protesters are peaceful. They have been peaceful for weeks. It has continued, uh, for the most part, peaceful. <laughs> That's our story, and we're sticking with it. So... Michelle spoke of tolerance and empathy. They're going to go high when we go low. Says nothing about the modern Democrat Party that's in, uh, engaged in these riots and mob violence, social media censorship, the cancel culture. I think the whole point of these protests and the coup is, is a central component of their plan. And what they're basically telling you is if you want peace and stability restored, you better let the party of the riots back into power so that Joe Biden can complete Brock's work of transforming America. If you choose Trump, we're going to keep bringing it. So you've got a decision to make whether you're going to bow to the mob 
like the professional athletes have done, getting down on both knees and bowing their heads? Are you going to stand up and fight to save this nation? we got to run out to a break. Stick with us. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. D.C. police are arresting drunk and drug drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. Message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department. So the Democrat storyline that's uh, started last night is that Donald Trump and the mean old Republicans are responsible for unrest and uh, and and uh, conflict in our country, ignoring entirely that it's the Democrat supported Black Lives Matter movement and Antifa shock troops out in the streets that are actually killing people, that are actually burning people's business down, that are actually committing assaults. I don't, can they get away with it? I I don't know what percentage of the low information voters in this country are completely unaware of what's going on in the streets. Here is one of their candidates for high office, John Thompson, running for the state house in Minnesota over the weekend who who took a protest to the home of the local police union's president. I don't think he was home at the time because the women in his family were standing on the front yard while Democrat state house candidate John Thompson was saying this. Black skin, I mean. I'm a black man being terrorized by this fucking Klansman right here. We are terrorized by the Grand Wizard. Y'all got the Grand Wizard living in your goddamn neighborhood. All the Klan exists in Hugo, Minnesota, and it's right here. Don't run now. Don't run now, racist white people. I'm here. Oh, yeah, we pull up. We pull the fuck up. And we're here. Come on over here with your Blue Lives Matter sign. Blue Lives ain't shit. And if people in Hugo Blue lives ain't shit, he says. Support black people. Fuck Hugo, Minnesota. I don't mean to say that. Now we can get to what I was talking about. And he goes later on. I, uh, I didn't get the clip that I wanted. The, the threat to burn Hugo, Minnesota down. Oh, but it's okay. Because he apologized. <laughs> They, uh, the, 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 pre- the, uh, governor of the state of Minnesota had endorsed John Thompson for this state house spot. So if he didn't want to get, you know, kicked off the ticket, he had to make an apology and took to Facebook and said, I want to make a positive difference. Oh yeah, I can tell. And my comments on Saturday were not helpful. I guess they, they might not have been helpful to make a positive difference. He goes on, inflammatory rhetoric is not how I want to address the important issues we're facing. Oh, it was just an accident that I stood in front of the house of the police union leader, apparently while he was not home, calling his family Klansmen and calling their uh, their family member a, a clan leader, what do you call him? A... <laughs> and the Democrats, you got to always remember, had Robert Byrd, the, the grand cyclops in the Ku Klux Klan. Oh my God, it was a, it was a depressing, 
um, dispiriting and bewildering display where reality was totally flipped on its head. And in the middle of all of these Black Lives Matter Antifa riots, and keep in mind they're joined at the hip with the Democrat Party. Democrat Party has never condemned any of this violence that's going on in the streets. They're trying to paint the Republicans as hateful racists. I'm looking here for this clip. Um, This is a local Black Lives Matter activist out there in Seattle. Give us your house. So these people had the nerve to come into a neighborhood. I thought they wanted integration and they didn't steal anybody's home. The home that they're in is one of these new, uh, modern style construction, cleaning it up, raising property values. And the Democrats, black lives matter movement wants them to give them their home. Give us your home. And this uh, this line, by any means necessary, has taken deep root in the Black Lives Matter movement. We're going to turn up to the point where we're going to be too hot for them to even handle. They're going to need more than a gas, whatever you call it, a flashbang. They better come with something harder than that. Because we're getting ready to get armored up around here. You're going to need more than a flashbang to fuck with us. Anybody that's really down for justice, you got to know it's two ways of justice. It's either justice or the highway with me. If you're not out here doing justice like I'm doing justice, goodbye. I don't have time for the games. I got anxiety like I don't know what, but guess what? You think that's going to stop Patrick Kimmons' mama from getting justice? No. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I will continue my mission by any means necessary. I will continue my mission for justice by any means necessary. I don't think y'all hear me. I'm going to say it one more time. I said that I will continue my mission for justice to hold police accountable for murders and murdering our people by any means necessary. By any means necessary. Well, we know exactly what that means. That's a call for violent revolution. If we don't meet her definition of justice, and her definition of justice, of course, means universal income, free college, free health care, free housing, guaranteed government job, the whole panoply of Bernie Sanders' Marxist revolution. 
we have seen an orgy of Democrat-sponsored violence in the streets of America, unmasked black anti-white racism, not only black anti-white racism, but white anti-white racism. We've got four more nights to go, but last night there was not even the slightest repudiation of their violent movement that's playing out in the streets. We've got to run out to a break when we come back. We're going to look at more clips from the Democrat National Convention virtual in Milwaukee last night. Right after these messages on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 50 Radio Network. Stick with us. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 50 Radio Network. A daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. So the president is uh, going to pardon Susan B. Anthony. Of course, she was responsible for the suffragette movement that won the right of women to vote. That's You know, I, that, that language has always disturbed me. Women always had the right to vote. They were denied the right to vote. So they weren't given the right to vote. They weren't granted the right to vote. They were denied the right to vote, and eventually, it's thanks to the efforts of Susan B. Anthony and the suffrage movement uh, that was recognized. She was arrested for uh, violating laws that permitted men, only men to vote. It's hard to believe that to this day she has not been pardoned. But the president is signing a full and complete pardon posthumously, obviously. 100 years after the ratification of the 19th Amendment that recognized, that's the word I'm looking for, it recognizes women's right to vote. <laughs> I do hope that women uh, start getting a little bit more practical-minded, being led less by their heart and appeals to sentimentality and start looking what's actually going on in this country. Because we need uh, these suburban soccer moms that the Democrats are targeting with these uh, appeals to fairness to realize exactly what's going on. It's not about fairness. It's about maintaining the American way of life and protecting our Constitution. Yesterday, I had a poll up on whether or not the president ought to pardon Edward Snowden. He, um, he, of course, I think it was back in 2005 or 2006, uh, leaked the fact that, has it been that long ago? Man. Leaked the fact that the NSA, in the aftermath of the 9-11 attacks, had instituted a, a wall-to-wall surveillance 
of America's uh, citizens. And I asked on this poll whether he was a traitor or a patriot, because in addition to revealing the existence of these programs, he also released a whole ton of documents detailing our intelligence activities. The poll came back that 36.5% say he's a traitor and 63.5% say that he is a patriot. I'm kind of torn on this. He was granted a top secret security clearance and took an oath. I would have been all for him uh, revealing the existence of these programs, leaking the documents, about a million of them, to The Guardian. Uh, the British newspaper, The Guardian, and then publishing them. I don't know if that was necessary or not. I'm continuing to study this. I'm torn, like many of you on who responded to this poll are, on whether or not he is an outright patriot or somewhat of a traitor or a combination of both. I've got a short YouTube clip here that illustrates the dichotomy. The minute it connects to their network, as soon as you turn it on, it can be theirs. They can turn it into a microphone. They can take pictures. He's talking about your cell phone. It can be theirs. They can turn it into a microphone. They can take pictures from it. They can take the data off of it. People at NSA analysts can actually watch people's Internet communications, watch them draft correspondence, and actually watch their thoughts form as they type. As you write a message, you know, an analyst at the NSA or any other service out there that's using this kind of attack against people. It's the PRISM program that he's talking about in addition to several others that uh, we've detailed on this show extensively with uh, William Benny. They're capturing all of our communications in real time. They're storing it. They're analyzing it. They're, they're crawling it, looking for keywords. And uh, this is nothing uh, that the founders ever had in mind for this country. When he was asked about it after the Snowden revelation, uh, Jim Clapper went before the Senate and lied about it, said it wasn't happening. We know now that it is and that it was deployed by these same intelligence agencies against a presidential candidate. So the temptation to abuse this power once you have it is uh, is irresistible for tyrants. So let's get back to the, the, the sleepy convention, Sleepy Joe's Sleepy Convention. Bernie Sanders is actually the star of this. Now, if this weren't a vir- virtual convention, you can bet that Bernie's, uh, the Bernie bros, the Marxists, would be in the streets of Milwaukee rioting and uh, raising hell. But Bernie's admitting that uh, now his radical agenda that was rejected as, as uh, recently as four years ago, I guess that's not right, his, uh, his agenda was actually uh, embraced four years ago. It's just that the Democrats uh, used their superdelegates to deny Bernie the nomination. But Bernie is admitting that uh, he's in charge Many of the ideas we fought for that just a few years ago were considered radical are now mainstream. Yep. Mainstream in the Democrat Party, not mainstream with patriots, not mainstream with Republicans, and hopefully 
not mainstream with the majority of independents. But yeah, he has uh, he has mainstreamed Marxism, and you would have to admit that Marxism is on the ascendancy, especially with the younger generations. One of the real doozies speeches from the uh, convention last night, the virtual convention, came from Fredo's big brother, Andrew Cuomo, who is uh, busy trying to push all of his praise for the president in response to the Wuhan virus down the memory hole. Joe Biden is what I call America tough, tough in the best way. Tough that is smart, united, disciplined, and loving. Joe Biden can restore the soul of America. Joe Biden can't even stir himself to condemn the rioting going on in the streets. How is he going to restore the soul of America? Governor Como would have you believe that Joe Biden is strong. Joe Biden has never been strong, and he is weaker now than he has ever been. He has always been a tool of corporate America. I'm not going to play you the clip uh, because of time of Como attacking the president for his response to the uh, Wuhan virus, but I will play you this clip of Como and Phil Murphy, governor of New Jersey, and uh, Gavin Newsom back during the height of the pandemic, acknowledging the reality of uh, what happened. Fact is, every time I've uh, called the president, he's quickly gotten on the line. When we asked to get support for that mercy ship in Southern California, he was able to direct that in real time. What the federal government did working with states was a phenomenal accomplishment. Uh, we got 2,000 of these field, field uh, medical sites uh, that are up almost all operational now in the state uh, because of his support. And those are the facts. Uh, uh, his team has been on it. I know a team when they're on it, and I know a team when they're not on it. His team is on it. They've been responsive late at night, early in the morning. We are working very well with FEMA Region 2 and with the Army Corps of Engineers building four field hospitals. Uh, that was a decision the president himself took, and I'm grateful for it. These were just extraordinary efforts and acts of mobilization. And uh, the federal government stepped up. Uh, we needed help, and they were there. He said everything uh, that I could have hoped for. So they're busy trying to rewrite history now, uh, claiming that the president uh, was asleep at the wheel, that uh, he wasn't effective. The truth of the matter is, were it not for uh, the actions of Democrat governors, including Como and Murphy and uh, Gretchen Whitmer and other Democrat governors who sent infected patients into nursing homes, the death rate from this would be far, far less. So if there's any anybody to be held accountable, certainly it's not the president. He gave you all the resources you needed, and you acknowledge that. Here is uh, Governor Como being asked about his policy of sending infected patients into nursing homes. That the truth is that nobody knows. Well, how can that be, that nobody knows? How can it be that no one knows? 
Because no one knows. Sometimes the answer is, I don't know. Sometimes that's the honest answer. I was talking to uh, my daughters last night, and they said, you know, you say at your briefings, I don't know. How can you say that? First, I'm not really sure they watch my briefings, but uh, they're right. Sometimes I say, I don't know. Why? Because I don't know. And it- <laughs> yeah, he doesn't know a lot of things. I think he did know. How could you not know? You've got infected elderly patients, and you send them into nursing homes at the same time, the field hospitals and the mercy ship that the president sent are sitting empty? I don't know if you don't know. Yeah, Joe Biden's strong. He's strong. He's the man to lead us out of this. Here he is appearing with Cardi B, probably the uh, preeminent, what's the word I can use, slut of our time. He hasn't deigned to give an interview to any of the Sunday news shows. He hasn't sit down for any long interviews. He takes a few questions every couple of weeks, and then he runs off after he sticks his foot in his mouth. But he went on with Cardi B. He had time for Cardi B right after the, you know, when you talk about Cardi B, you have to watch your language because uh, she is just a terrible example for Hollywood and uh, the entertainment industry to be foisting on our children. Could not be worse. But here is Joe Biden sitting down with her. You know what I'm saying? You're telling me? I got four kids, five grandkids. Come on. I'm an expert. So Joe Biden's smart. He doesn't know how many grandkids he has. He has seven grandkids. This is not the first time he's got the number of his grandkids wrong. You would think that the first time (laughs) he didn't know how many grandkids he had, that Jill would have set him down and, and tattooed it on his hand so he could refer to it. The real takeaway from that, though, is that he was giving an interview to Cardi B. Uh, John Kasich appeared virtually at the convention last night. Not surprised. He's had his he's been butthurt ever since Donald Trump made a fool of him in the primaries. He was standing in a field, a big open field, standing at the crossroads of a, of a dirt road one veered off to the left and went winding out of the picture frame. That's the one he wants us to take the road to the left. The road to the right was uh, much straighter and uh, more uh, get you to your, your destination sooner. Here's what he had to say against the evil orange man. Eric is at a crossroads. Sometimes elections represent a real choice, a choice we make as individuals and as a nation about which path we want to take when we've come to challenging times. America is at that crossroads today. The stakes in this election are greater than any in modern times. Many of us have been deeply concerned about the current path we've been following for the past four years. I like the path we've been following the last four years. It's the path that we've been following the last four months with the pandemic. That's got everybody concerned. 
It's a path that's led to division, dysfunction, irresponsibility, and growing vitriol between our citizens. Continue. It's not between our citizens. It's coming almost entirely from the party that he is speaking to. To follow that path will have terrible consequences for America's soul because we're being taken down the wrong road by a president who has pitted one against the other. He's unlike all of our best leaders before him who work to unite us, to bridge our differences, and lead us to a united America. I'm a- He's fighting back against a Marxist revolution, but John Kasich, in true country club Republican fashion, would have him capitulate. Lifelong Republican. But that attachment holds second place to my responsibility to my country. That's why I've chosen to appear at this convention. You've chosen to appear at that convention, standing out in the middle of a field all by yourself, because you have nowhere else to go. Kasich wasn't the only Republican that spoke last night. Meg Whitman. I think she's she's on the board of Google. She may be even more high up than that. What could possibly go wrong there? When she was CEO of Hewlett-Packard, she offshored 60% of the Hewlett-Packard's jobs. So she's, you know, sort of out of favor with the, the Trump version of the Republican Party. She wasn't the only Whitman that spoke. There was Christy Todd Whitman, who was the weak and ineffective director of the EPA in the George Bush administration, George W. Bush administration. She voted for Hillary Clinton in 2016. Orange man bad. Too plain spoken. And then there was Gretchen Whitmere, one of the Democrat governors that uh, sent COVID-infected patients into nursing homes and ginned up the death rate. Let's hear what she had to say. We took this pandemic seriously in Michigan. We listened to medical experts. We planned. And with a lot of work from the auto workers and too little help from the White House. The auto workers were creating ventilators at the direction of the White House. Gretchen. We executed our plan. We saved thousands of lives. You lost thousands of lives because of that decision. Just imagine if we had a national strategy. So everyone who needs a test gets one for free. Everyone who needs a test is getting one for free now. We've got more testing than any other nation by far in the country, in the world. So everyone has access to a safe vaccine. The president has, with his warp speed program, fast-tracked a vaccine like no other time in the history of this country. So our kids and educators have the resources they need to safely get back to school. You've got your schools locked down in Michigan, Governor Gretchen. With Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in the White House, we will. Have you heard anything from Joe Biden about what he would have done differently than Donald Trump did? No. (laughs) He, He says his plan is to do this and to do that, and it's all the things that Donald Trump is already doing. We got to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back. I 
I've been working at Santa's workshop for a long time and thought I'd seen it all. That was until I learned that when you add Xfinity Mobile to Xfinity Internet, you can save hundreds on your wireless bill. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Internet required for mobile. I've got tons and tons of more clips that I could uh, I could illustrate my point with, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna burden with you it with you anymore. We've got three or four more days of this to get through, and I'm going to try to uh, just bring you the highlights, not the lowlights. The highlights are the lowlights. The highlights are the lowest of the lowlights because they demonstrate so clearly what is going on. I will play you this clip. This is Tom Perez, the um, the chairman of the Democrat National Committee that just barely beat out Keith Ellison, Antifa um, sympathizer and um, Louis Farrakhan acolyte, just barely beat him out for the chair of the Democrat National Com- uh, Committee, talking about the Democrats' platform. We've already approved the platform. The platform is a bold uh, document. It's both uh, inspirational and aspirational. Uh, The input from Senator Sanders and others was invaluable. He didn't say anything about Joe Biden's input. Uh, The input from Senator Sanders and others was invaluable to putting that together. Uh, The vice president and Senator Sanders convened a series of policy groups on critical issues. Yeah, Joe convened a a policy group with the Bernie bros to determine exactly what they would settle for in order to, uh, you know, not uh, turn on him. And they got everything they asked for. It's right there in the Democrats platform now. That's the future they have for America. Oh, the, uh, you know, yesterday's show was about the, the latest Democrat hoax, the, the great mailbox hoax. And uh, Tucker covered it very effectively last night. But to really appreciate it, you have to watch the evening news and, uh, and catch up to what uh, Jack and Zuckerberg are putting on social media. There's a recurring theme where they have these photographs of uh, mailboxes, these these big you know corner, street corner mailboxes. Uh, they had one that uh, the the mailboxes were closed. They had a, a, a an attachment to the front of them, so you couldn't use them. And the poster said that uh, that was in Washington D.C. right now, that the president is trying to stop the election by by shutting off the mailboxes. Well, one smart. Twitter user did a image search and found out that that was a photograph from the state of Washington in 2016. (laughs) So it's being lied to. It's still up there though, despite it being utter and complete disinformation. There was one viral photograph going around where they had all of these, uh, these mailboxes stacked on the back of a truck. And they said that this illustrated that the, Post office was removing all of these boxes. It turned out that these boxes uh, were at a a finishing a refinishing company, Hartford Finishing Company, to be refurbished 
with powder coat. And you won't hear it on the mainstream media, but uh, this removal of, of boxes has been going on for uh, literally over a decade. Between 2010 and 2016, before Donald Trump ever came to office, there were 14,000 of these mailboxes removed. That was all, by the way, during the Obama-Biden administration. So why isn't Joe Biden being held accountable for that? Nancy Pelosi, who has uh, recessed the House of Representatives without passing a stimulus so that all of her her um, members can run home and try to make excuses and blame it on, on the president, has finally figured out something that she is uh, interested in staying in session, not sitting at home in her San Francisco mansion with walls around it, munching on gourmet ice cream she has recalled the house into session starting this saturday to hold hearings about the democrats latest hoax they're going to call trump's postmaster general a man named DeJoy, up there they've been uh, they've been protesting outside this man's house in virginia big crowds of these leftists calling for DeJoy to resign because they won't be able to vote by mail and they'll be required to go to the polls in November. So it's okay for them to turn out for these protests in large numbers with no social distancing, but they, they can't and, and won't accept having to vote in person in the November. And of course, you know what the reason is, is because the Democrats want to implement their vote harvesting schemes that they perfected in California nationwide. Here was Governor Chris Murphy, not Chris Murphy, Pat Murphy, appearing on CNN talking about the plans in his state. With you, we um, delayed our primary to July 7th and we pursued a hybrid model. Uh, We mailed ballots to folks who were registered in either party. We mailed applications to those who weren't. And we also provided in-person voting capacity, at least 50% in each. So he's reducing in-person voting capacity by 50%. That, if anything, should be the scandal. If a Republican governor had been this, oh my, uh, had done this, oh my God, could you imagine the accusations of voter suppression? He has reduced in-person voting capacity by 50%, by half. And we also provided in-person voting capacity, at least 50% in each county and at least one location in each municipality. Uh, It was a success. Uh, Not perfect, but overwhelmingly a success. Actually, it wasn't a success. They had several instances of documented voter fraud. Uh, And so we're going to announce, not to break too much news here later today, uh, that we're going to extend that model into the general election in November. So he's going to extend the model to November. It failed spectacularly during the much lighter turnout during the primaries. But he's going to do it in November now. Make sure there is that physical in-voting capacity. And as it relates 50%. to uh, mail-in ballots, the good news is in a general election, uh, it doesn't matter what party you're in, everybody gets a ballot. So we're gonna- Everybody gets a ballot, even dead people, even people that have moved out of state are going to get a ballot. 
have a hybrid model in November. We like what we saw. We'll tweak it. Uh, and that's where we're headed. Everybody gets a ballot. You're going to do universal mail. And everyone's going to be mailed a ballot that they can use. They don't have to use it. They can go vote in person. But everyone is going to be mailed a ballot. Well, everybody's going to be a mail, uh, mailed a ballot. So what's that going to do to the people that actually show up to vote, Governor Murphy? That is correct. And if you do vote in person, you'll have to do what we call provisional voting because the folks won't necessarily know at the voting location whether or not you actually already mailed a ballot in. That's what we did in the primary. So every one of those provisional votes are going to be subject to a challenge by these hordes of lawyers that the Democrat committee has been organizing to implement their vote harvesting schemes. I thought we were supposed to listen to the experts. I thought we were supposed to follow the science. Isn't that what they kept telling us over and over again? Here's Dr. Fauci on whether or not in-person voting is, can be done safely. You see when you go into a store, whatever that store is, you know, a CVS uh, uh, drugstore or, or a Starbucks or what have you, they have people staying six feet apart with masks. I think if you stay six feet apart with masks, you can do whatever it is that you need to do, whether you're going to CVS, whether you're going to Starbucks, or whether you're voting. I, I don't see any reason not to do that. I don't see any reason not to do that, he says. Listen to the scientists, except for don't listen to the scientists if they disagree with us. Oh, man. we got four more days of this. I'll try to watch and report, but... I love you, but there's a limit to what I will do for love. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition of Right Now with Jim Dawes. I want to thank you for joining us. And I hope you'll come back here again tomorrow right here on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. We'll talk to you then. As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is... What's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.